1: Live on SENSA. Welcome to Red Legs Radio. Get great value at Palmabet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858
3: 858. Yeah, g'day there, Red and Blue Army. Welcome to another episode of Red Legs Radio. Ben Hook is with you. Joe Marciano is with me. Nice to see you, Joe. Uh, We're doing it thanks to Palmabet. Get great value. At Palmerbet, gamble responsibly for gambler's help. Call 1-800-858-858. And of course, for climate, air conditioning and solar, South Australia's biggest Dakin dealer and isn't right now the time to be getting yourself hold of a Dakin. This winter, come home to a climate. They're great supporters of the Norwood Football Club in 2022 and they are bringing you Red Legs Radio. And what we are bringing you right now is our special guest. His name is Declan Hamilton. He's been in wonderful form for the footy club over the past couple of years and he's going to be a key man when we take on Port Adelaide at Albert and Oval on Sunday. Declan, welcome back to Redlegs Radio. No, thanks for
4: having me, Hookie. Good to be back on.
3: Great to have you back on. I tell you what, the last couple of weeks have been really strong, mate. A great performance against the Crows at home and then I thought that was uh, an outstanding fight against uh, North Adelaide at Prospect. How do you feel the boys are tracking halfway through the season?
4: Yeah, sort of post the state game by, we've sort of come back and really identified that three-week block as a really important block and I think that that win against the Crows, as, as special it was, got us going. And uh, obviously, it'd be disappointing to not get the result against uh, the Chooks out at Prospect. Uh, but we've we've served it up to the, the two ladder leaders in the in the last two weeks, um, and it really sets us up to really attack the uh, second half of the season.
3: Now, am I right in saying that uh, you're playing a little bit more of a different role this year, spending a bit more time in defence than uh, where you've been sort of around the midfield and half forward?
4: Yeah. So, like, obviously, made the change sort of halfway through last year. Um, with, with Twig and me talking about that role change, and um, yeah, it's sort of one that's sort of evolving um, continually, and, and contri- keeping to try to find the balance between attack and defence, which is um, which has been good. Probably spent too much time defending the last couple of weeks, um, <laughs> so probably looking to try and get try to get a bit back in my offensive game going, which can be a real. Um, people force to, to drive us forward from the back half.
3: I was going to ask you that. I mean, you were always good for a goal when you played across midfield and half forward. Is that something you want to try and make sure that you are still some sort of offensive threat? You've obviously got some responsibilities down back, but nice to sneak forward and kick one every now and then, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's always great to sneak forward and kick a goal. I think it's more just generating some ball movement from our back half and, and, and making really good contest decisions, whether that is for the, the, the me to defend, really strong with my opponent, but recognising as soon as we win the footy, um, I can use my legs and my running ability to, to get out in space and, and drive us forward. And if that's me getting forward, um, I'd love that to be the case.
1: Hey, Deck. on a personal level, just in regards to our form, obviously we had a really good win against the Crows and then we had another strong performance against the Chooks at, at Prospect. Just didn't come away with the chocolates. But to play two pretty solid games and then head into what was a buy now, do you prefer on, on a personal level to you know keep going and not have the buy? Or are you, someone, and the team, like to have that little bit of a week off, rejuvenate, and then head into a bat- massive game like this week against Port?
4: Yeah, it's probably um, different for a lot of players. Um, it was really pleasing to get our game going over the last two weeks. So it, it might have been nice to, to roll around, but mm. we've had the week off, and it's been a really good opportunity to reflect on the first half of the year. And, um, and, and we've spoken internally about where we're at, um, and I think we're really confident in terms of what we can do Moving forward, especially this week, which will be a great challenge going to Alberton. I mean, we talk about rivalries in sport. There's probably there's none bigger in South Australian footy than us and the us and the Magpies. Um, and Albertan's going to be a great challenge for us.
1: Yeah, and just leading into that, obviously a, a former Port boy yourself, how do you enjoy going to Alberton and playing? And and when you were at Port, did you know of such the, the rivalry of Port and Norwood when you were playing for the for the Magpies?
4: Yeah, it's, I actually I really enjoy. it. I mean, I'm, I've got fond memories of playing there as a kid where I was zoned, and. I feel really quite grateful um, that I've been um, had the opportunity to play for, for both clubs. Mm. Um, I think I, I was sort of at the Magpies as the transition was happening across the AFL level. But so I probably missed the real true, um, I don't know, rivalry and the true um, hatred for each other. But I still remember the first night that the Magpies played as an AFL at the parade. I played in the reserves that night for the Magpies. And I, I remember walking out, um, walking off the ground that night and how hostile <laughs> yeah. our boys, the Magpies boys, got treated that first night. Um, I remember walking out at quarter time at the ones game and, and Nord were up by five or six goals. Like him was, I guess, it, it was almost one of the reasons when I got the choice to come back where Nord was an option because I just, I remember that night so vividly um, and I, I feel so honoured to have played for both clubs um, in a sense.
3: Hey, Declan, uh, we're number one for tackles. We're number one for clearances. Uh, we know that the blue-collar uh, skills of the football club are right up there amongst the best of the Sandford competition. What are the, some of the things that you think we need to just raise our game a little bit in the second half of the year if we want to sneak our way into that final five?
4: Oh, I think you've hit the nail on the coffin. We, our brand of footy is built on, on defending and tackling and being strung over the footy. I think it's just the opportunities that we can generate off the back of that. The game's all about about scoring off turnover. So when we're able to create turnovers and be strong, it's just a bit of that polish, our hands out of stoppage, finding that connection going forward, um, and inevitably just finishing our work a little bit better. Um, we've probably just let, left a few opportunities out there and we haven't been quite able to put the, um, the foot down when we've had a few teams um, on the ropes. Um, so that's, look, that's something that we're looking to to bring in the second half of the year and just really um, drive those games down when we're in a winning position.
3: One more from me, mate. Just describe uh, the influence that Harry Boyd has had on the team and on the competition this year.
4: Oh, wonderful. Um, I've got a great relationship with Hazen. Um, the thing that stands out to me is the belief that he actually had in himself over the off-season. I think with Nolsey retiring, I think a lot of people when, um, were sort of questioning whether we had the Ruckman to be really competitive and it, and it, to be honest, it still him on he, he didn't like it because um, he think he knew the sort of um, ability that he had. And oh, the big, the way the big fella plays, he, he gives us first use. He follows up, and he's he's our barometer. Like he's our person who gets us going and he sets the tone. And um, you, it'd be strong. Find it would be hard to find a a better teammate playing for the North Footy Club at the moment.
3: Declan, you missed a consistency for the Norwood Football Club. You missed a consistency at Redlegs Radio as well. I think we've had you on as a guest every year this year, so we really appreciate uh, your company, your time, and we look forward to seeing you dominating once again for the legs down back on Sunday against Port Adelaide at Alberton.
4: Uh, thanks, you. Thanks, Joey. No Have a nice day.
3: Joe, uh, Joe, Joe Marciano. Declan Hamilton there, our guest, uh, and he is very good to us, very good with his time. We really appreciate his thoughts on how the boys are going to go this weekend. Just before I wrap up, People's Choice Award, the leaderboard, Thomas Donnelly is out this week, we think, isn't he? Is that right? No. He's, no. he's okay. Uh, Who who'd you tell me was out? Uh, Tommy Wagner. Tommy Wagner. We're going to talk Wags. about the teams uh, uh, on the other side of the break. Uh, but Tommy Donnelly, the big leader at the moment. Harry Boyd is there with Jacob Kennelly, Ethan Warburton, Matthew Panos. You go to the Norwood Football Club website or the Facebook page, you find the links to the People's Choice Award leaderboard and you make your vote. And you do that. Thank you to People's Choice. We're off to break. On the other side, it's Joe and me with all of our little segments led, led by the teams. Thanks to Paradise Mazda. Don't go away. You're listening to Redlegs Radio.
0: It's a grand old
1: flag, it's a high flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you. On it's SENSA, you're England listening to Red Legs, legs, legs Radio for climate,
3: air conditioning, and solar. Proud sponsors of the Red, Red Legs. Yeah, you're with Ben Hook and Joe Marciano. It is Red Legs Radio. We're doing it thanks to Palmerbet. Get tackle busting benefits of Palmerbet. gamble responsibly, and for gambler's help, remember, call 1 800 800. Eight five eight eight five eight, And what about the team at Climate, Air Conditioning and Solar? Well, I tell you what, if there is a time to invest in your air conditioner, it is right now because it has been an absolute mug of a week. And don't we want to just get home and fill the... Beautiful warmth. Hopefully the power stays on, of course. <laughs> so We've got our fingers crossed about that. The uh, energy regulator's playing a bit of a role there. But I tell you what, you come home to a climate, South Australia's biggest Dacon dealer, and you are warm and toasty, and you get all excited about the Port Adelaide Football Club waiting for us. The Norwood Footy Club heading down to Albert and Oval on Monday. So, uh, Sunday, I beg your pardon. It's a Queen's birthday Albert. holiday's just gone past us. So, yep, Sunday, Arvo at Albert and Oval. Let's find out who's going to be playing for the Norwood Football Club. And we do it like this. Take me down, Mazda. Yes, the teams are thanks to Paradise Mazda Motors. We always appreciate their support, Joe. Uh, it's an extended squad at the moment because yes, the is. game is on Sunday, as we said. So it's only Thursday now, but uh, you've got a bit of an understanding of where everyone's at.
1: Yeah, so uh, the team news looks pretty good on our end this week. We'll, uh, we'll get Matty Panos hopefully back. Uh, Henry Nelligan and Pierre Seymour all named in the squad of 25. Um, so we'll be bolstered by... How about
3: uh, how about my play to sell Matthew Panos yeah, after his yeah, the, standout week of week one, misses week two. Fair oh, enough. Oh, absolute cash in. Yeah, you've done well. The rest of the week went pretty poorly, but yeah, we'll get to that. That's all right.
1: Uh, and then the only out at this stage is Max Michelani. He's out due to SA State commitments. And unfortunately, Tom Wagner, he's out with a shoulder injury sustained at training. So, Thanks,
3: Michael Annie. What a story that's uh, yeah. bobbed up in the last couple of weeks. Potential father-son for the Adelaide Crows. Yeah, I saw
1: that as well. But um, yeah, look, unfortunate for him, like Michael Annie, like a couple of weeks ago against South uh, North Adelaide. Really tough game to, to play your first in. Mm. Tough weather against a pretty good opponent at Prospect. Um, always hard for him, but he's held his own
3: and a ah, great experience yeah, for him. Exactly I right. don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. I mean, if they're ready, they play. Oh, uh, I mean, Twig's smart enough to know that. He would understand that that was difficult conditions. Yeah. But good luck to him. I mean, you remember your first game? I remember my first game of uh, district cricket. Yep. I was playing for Adelaide. It was against Prospect. It was first game of the year. The wicket was almost unplayable, but I don't care about that anymore. It's yeah. just the opportunity to play my first game. So good on Max
1: and not see his dad presenting the Guernsey. Big Jim Annie.
3: Yeah, no, that was fantastic was as well. Away, and we wish him all the best. Floor. Tommy Wagner will be a loss, though, mate, yeah, won't he?
1: Yeah, he is. He's a pretty important little bit of a cog for us, like a little bit like a Tom Lynch, a bit of a connector between our midfield and forward line. And I think, um, and he's been pretty good, pretty accurate on the scoreboard as well. So um, we've got to find another means of goals.
3: Right. Well, we've got a couple of segments to get through here, Joe. And our next one is the Sandville Stock Market. We do it thanks to Findex Financials. We get it underway like this. Yes, Findex Financials are for financial advice for business, corporate, individuals. Grow your wealth with Findex. Now, I'm just trying to remember back to a fortnight ago, Joe, because I yes. bought the Crows, planning on them bouncing back at the Adelaide Oval, and they went like, uh, well, they didn't go too well. No, got clo- exactly. got blown away by the double blues. So I've got a few queries over the Crows now. Uh, so what did you – I can't recall what you bought two weeks ago.
1: I can't either, actually.
3: No. Oh, anyway, not to worry. <laughs> Who are you going to buy today?
1: I'm going to buy – Benny Jarvis.
3: This is so you've dropped the T. You've dropped you dropped Cam Tahini. Yep. Well, you've just cast him aside. Yep. I mean, have you had a conversation with him that no. you know this was a relationship, a strong bond you had, look, and you've just dropped one look, for the other? For me,
1: the injuries to Tahini have hampered his uh, ability to come into the stock market, so Cam I can't Tahini. do much about it um, at the moment. But I potentially, it could be a returning this week via the reserves. Mm. However, I'm buying Benny Jarvis. He's threatening to break a game open, hooky, mm-hmm. and he's just been close and close and close. And you know what? I want to buy him. And I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. So I reckon he can get a, a good deck at Alberton this week. I reckon he can um you know threaten to kick a game open and I reckon he can kick a few goals.
3: It's a good buy. I, I think that's that, that's the right way to do it, to pick the, the 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 stock that's on the rise. But I tell you what, poor old Cam Tahini, oh, you've no. absolutely just given him a drive well, I've by. Got to, I've got to do something. Who uh who are you, you gonna sell no, this no, week? Oh, who am I buying? I'm gonna buy Norwood this week. Okay. I think we bounce back. I you know, I reckon our our run of form has what? been excellent. Last couple of weeks, plus a buy, just go down to North Adelaide, but competitive for so long. Yeah. Knocked the Crows off at home. That was a really great, gritty tough game. win. I mean, we're a tough, gritty side. I just reckon we get it done against Port Adelaide on Sunday. So I'm going to buy a few more of our stocks. So I've done pretty well with Norwood, and I'm just going to buy a bit more right now. Yeah, just nice. top up on them. Yeah, nice. uh, who, are you going to, who are you going to sell? Or hold? Uh, you tell me what I you... I don't
1: know. I'm going to... Um, all right. The fans aren't going to like this. Yeah. They're not going to. I'm going to sell Harry Boyd. Well, it makes sense. He's got a big task in Sammy Hayes yep. and Brian Tickle this week, who were pretty influential last week against the doggies. Yes, uh, seventeen disposals. I think he had last week. Uh, Sammy Hayes and Tickle kicked three goals, so he's going to have his hands full with these guys. Yep. I think what I think Boyd's been exceptional all year. He's leading my BNF charge as well, but I just think this game is going to be tough for him, so I'm going to sell him and make a little bit of dosh for myself.
3: Fair enough. I'll tell you what I'm selling. I'm selling the amount of buys in this competition. I can't okay. have it. No, that's fair. I, I just I, I have a look at the Amateur Footy League. They have an 18 game season over 19 weeks. Uh, we have an 18 game season over about 21, 22 weeks, and I think it's ridiculous. You're
1: selling the AFL one as well?
3: Uh, no, the one buy for the AFL is fine, but I think we'll, there'll be three breaks okay. for um, in Sanford football. That's way too much. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't make... State game, yep. Yep, state game, week off. Uh, Queen's birthday, week off. And then there'll be a third bye uh, in and around uh, sort of early middle of August. And I just think that's too much. Okay. So I two at the most, I'd be happy with one. I understand with a state game, two. it's an issue. Uh, because you want to... I, I still love the state footy and I like to see a standalone week for that. You know, it's probably on its last league State Football, and I don't want to be the one to kill it, so I'd like to keep it. But, yeah, I'm very concerned about the amount of buys we have in this competition. I just don't think it's good for the continuity of fans. Yep. Uh, what are you going to hold? I'm going to hold Glenelg. Yeah, well, they won last week.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm just going to hold that.
3: And they play West.
1: No, no, they've got another – no, no, no. They play West this week. They've got to buy this week. Don't they play West this week? they got the Port Crows and South coming up. Oh, They played West two weeks ago and just and just beat them.
3: Hang on. What am I looking at? I'm sure I'm looking at a different draw to you. So, okay. Oh, no, it's the Crows. Sorry. Oh, that's, I'm holding Adelaide.
1: You're holding Adelaide. I'm, I'm holding, holding Adelaide and
3: you're holding Glenelg. Glenelg were big winners last week.
1: Yeah, I know. But I'll look in their next three weeks, Port, Crows, South. Might
3: have been a good sell.
1: I should have, Maybe. Yeah. But I reckon they can get the wins against those three, and then I'll sell
3: them. I can understand why you're just going to... Get the money, because Harry Boyd is worth squillions at the moment. I mean, you always sell at that point. Yeah, Maybe see, maybe buy him back I, in a I couple of moving, weeks. I won't be moving to Ross Trevor. Right, now that you've maybe. told me that Panos is back in, I might have even uh, bought a bit more of him, because I reckon he's going to be a superstar in the second half of the year. Yep. Right, uh, Joe, we need to move on. We're going to get to the Barossa Boy BNF predictor. Sorry. We do it thanks to Barossa Boy Wines. Uh, we know the Bridge family. They are just Love absolute him. gurus with wine. There is one way to watch a game of Norwood... Uh, a, a Norwood game at Cooper Stadium, and that is with a beautiful glass of Barossa a, Boy wines. I tell
1: you what, this cold weather is complementing their product quite beautifully at the
3: moment. Yeah, was, the double trouble. Oof. Yeah, it, he's an amazing winemaker. The cheeky Tilly, uh, yeah. just yeah, beautiful Trent stuff. Trent and Jess, love our, if You love, love a their white, work. if you love a red, you get yourself a Barossa Boy, and tell, just get on their site and order a few in. Get them into your cellar for uh, exactly right. the second half of winter. You won't uh, go astray. Right, uh, no change for me. Rantel, Rokar, Boyd.
1: No change for me either. What's yours? Roker, Nan, Boyd.
3: Right. So you've gone Roker of the top. That is kind no, no, of outrageous. No no, no. no, no,
1: sorry, that wasn't supposed to be in order. Right. I had. Oh, sorry. I had Boyd top.
3: Boyd, Nan, Roker. Boyd and uh, Rokar. Yeah. Okay, that's all right because yeah. I mean No, were, Boyd's leading for me. Yeah, I mean you 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 wanted to trade Rokar for a packet of chips about 6 weeks ago, didn't you? You absolutely you give him a clip. So
1: you are telling me I'm selling Boyd for millions and you've got him, got him in
3: him. <laughs> I've got him back in there. I know. he's back. He, yeah, I have always had him around the mark. It was the you had a lot of yeah. trouble bringing him oh, in. I know. Uh, right, i tell you what we are going to do now. It is our Little Word Association game. Uh, it is thanks to IWS. Uh, no one cares for the environment more than integrated waste services. Taking to integrated waste services, they uh, they are the way to dispose of any waste you have if you want to do it environmentally friendly way. Right, here we go, Joe. Yep. I've got every football club in the sandful as a movie. Good. Uh, North Adelaide, Vertigo. Wonderful movie by uh, Alfred Hitchcock starring James Stewart. Uh, they're up the top, but maybe a bit of a wobble. Maybe yep. they're not dealing with the great heights. Adelaide, the sum of all fears. Remember Ben Affleck in the sum of all yes. fears, and maybe a little bit before yep. your time, nuclear bomb going off. If they win it, it will be a nuclear bomb going off. Correct. Sturt, Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Do-do-do-do-do. To <laughs> our great friend, Greg Champion, of course. Yes, Greg, that's yeah. the could-have-been-champions theme as well. Uh, that's stirred at the moment, isn't it? Sometimes they're very good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're plain old ugly. Glenog, the Shawshank Redemption. I had a bit of a question mark over them last week, but that win over uh, the Double Blues brings them right back into favoritism, and I reckon. because
1: those two guys, Durden out as well, and Turner.
3: So the Shawshank Redemption, love that movie. Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. The Eagles, I've gone for the usual suspects. Because they're always around the mark, aren't they? They You just can't seem to shake them off. They are the usual suspects. You always reckon they're around the mark. Norwood. uh, It's a really old movie, this one, starring James Cagney in 1938. It's called Angels with Dirty Faces. Okay, and I mean it's a it's an interesting story about uh, a gangster who tried to infiltrate uh, a young group of street kids, mm. but I just reckon our lads they're angels with dirty faces. They just they're they're good guys, but do they love to work hard and yep. be down and dirty and in the trenches? South after last weekend, I'm giving them Braveheart by with Mel Gibson. I thought they were outstanding against North Adelaide last weekend. That is a huge win. I know it's at home. I know. Uh, but they are doing it under some real challenges at the moment, South. I sort of wrote them off a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I thought they were real premiership fancies at the start Same. of the year. So many injuries. So um, the fact that they won that game and keep themselves alive, I've gone for Braveheart. Port. Now, I was thinking about this year for Port Adelaide, and I just couldn't go past how we th- as Norwood people think of Port Adelaide people. So the movie is Rotten Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Because that's essentially what they are. Of course, that great movie by Dean Martin very and Michael Caine's very funny movie. Uh, Central Dog Day afternoon, our Pacino movie, and that's kind of what they're having at this moment, aren't they? They're having yep. a bit of a Dog Day year. They're trying. West Adelaide, all quiet on the Western Front, because <laughs> that's kind of what it is at West. They, they're showing some signs, West Adelaide. They push the base, but they're still three or four goals just off the speed every time they play. So I'd love to see a couple Mind of wins you, for Westies before the end of the year. Early
1: in the week, they top for accuracy in the competition.
3: Uh, are, is that right? Yep. Uh, very good. Hey, Joe, have you got a one to watch? Yeah, I do.
1: Yep, I do. I spoke to.
3: It's thanks to Appell, of course. Yep, of course. Uh, they absolutely make us look superb on and off the field. Yep,
1: no, I've, I've got my one to watch. Bo Baldwin is the name. Good boy. And Under 18, bottom major, kicked three goals, one on the weekend against the, uh, the Bloods. Ross River Boy from the Air Peninsula plays as a, as a crumbing forward. So um, if you're getting on to the under-18 games, Mr. Bo Bolden is the man to uh, cast your eye on.
3: Bo Bolden, one to watch for the future, ladies and gentlemen. Keep an eye out for that name. That's Joe's one to watch, thanks to Appel. Right, we're taking a break. On the other side, we're coming back with the great Michael Kingo-Taylor, Australian Football Hall of Famer. We'll be catching up with him shortly. Don't go away. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. It's a grand old flag. It's a high
0: flag.
1: On SENSA, you're listening to Redlegs Radio for climate, air conditioning and solar. Proud sponsors of the
3: Redlegs. Yeah, you're doing it thanks to Palmerbet, Great. Get tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets and great value at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. 858 858 and climate, air conditioning and solar, South Australia's biggest Dakin dealer. This winter, come home to a climate. Marcy, Joe Marciano, just out of the chair briefly. Dale Fleming... Well, a Premiership player at the Football Club has joined us because we're taking the opportunity to catch up with... Well, he's already a legend of our football club, but he becomes a Hall of Fame member of Australian football after the announcement on Tuesday night. His name is Michael Kingo-Taylor, and he's been good enough to join us now. Michael, welcome to Regledge Radio, and congratulations.
0: Uh, th- thanks, Ben, and thanks, uh, Dale. Yeah, it was a uh, magnificent achievement by myself. I just... You know, just so humble to be put into the Australian Hall of Fame It was just a wonderful night
3: Just take us through the night uh, I think you were the uh, the second last inductee from memory So there was a bit of waiting around yeah. for you I mean, it must be just spine-tingling To see the amount of legends in that room alongside of you
0: Yeah, it's amazing I, You know, they give you 14 people to take And, you know, I've got a lot of sisters, six of them And so I could invite all those A couple couldn't come My sister came from England, which was wonderful uh, had a few friends there and um, and my family. So from that point of view, it's just a big tick. And then you you go over to Melbourne and they look after you so well. And uh, and then the build up to the night. And I was told way back in March, so to keep it pretty quiet, um, there's a there's a sort of silence there, so you can only tell X amount of people, and uh, they don't want it to get out. And then you you know you get to the function and you see all these absolute legends there and. A lot of them I know anyway, and they're just great football people. And then as the build-up, and they, I just asked uh, the RFL, what number are I on the list? They said number seven. I go, oh, you have to wait that long, do you? So, But it goes fairly quickly because you're involved in the whole night. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be there.
2: Legends that you sit comfortably amongst, I might just say, Kingo. Now, um, yeah. we've heard a lot of uh, media and coverage since you were inducted and... Uh, been fantastic and uplifting for the footy club but take us a little bit behind the scenes uh once you're you're told you're inducted um yeah. up to the night uh what don't we see you know is there uh do you meet with the committee is there a, other things that go on that maybe we don't know about just in the build up and on the night
0: no they um but they they contact me and then uh the pa from from the rfl and uh Sally patton who's wonderful she she kept in contact with me um the it, it's it's user friendly how they do things and and sally's wonderful she's she just needs a gold medal she's a gun and um, she's so well at what she does and she's a very very polite lady and very switched on and and from uh, patrick Keane, of course he he's an ex he loves norwood so he's involved he did a story on me which is wonderfully written and you know they're the other main two people I spoke to and as as the journey goes and you make sure all the boxer ticks and it's, people have got their airfares and accommodation and and uh, all that, and it's all go from there. So the build-up's pretty massive because you've got three months to wait for it to happen. So, you know, you get fairly excited as, as time goes on and uh, then you take a deep breath before you get on the stage.
3: Kingo, there'll be a number of supporters who are listening into this and they're recalling their favourite Michael Taylor moment. It might be the, the mark on the goal line at the late in the 78 grand final. It could be a whole myriad of things. What is your one enduring memory of playing for Norwood? Is there something, it might be something really quirky and unusual that sticks out specifically in your mind as what you really cherish most as a Norwood footballer?
0: Well, I think I cherish, naturally, the premierships, but just the games, you know, the pre-seasons were, were fantastic and very well run by all the coaches and their staff and just the professionalism of Norwood, uh, how professional they were in my time there and they were always there for you. Uh, when you got blokes like Wally Miller running the club and uh, yeah. he was just magnificent. I, I think there's many, many, over the period of time, there's, there's many little nippets you could talk about but I suppose you always talk about success and I think we all want success privately and and, and, and in sport and I think you know 75 was wonderful because they hadn't won one for 25 years and you're just so grateful for the people before you that what they've set up for you even though we did the job on the day it goes back in history that you know for 25 years Norwood have not won a grand final and from that, that, that on, I think all the years i played at Nor, we never missed a final. So, and I think there's little snippets along the way. And, but it's all a team effort. I think it's just not me. It's just, just everyone. You, and even you know, when I was captain, you've got to lead by example and set a good example and, 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 and listen to players that have got problems and help them out. And, and I, I, I love doing that completely and helping people. And, and you train hard, extremely hard. You know? so, and success will come. It just will. And you can just see it when you're in an organisation which is very well oiled. Um, you're going to have success, and that's all the good clubs have that.
2: Yeah, and Kingo, I've heard you now interviewed a few times, and yesterday on Sports Day here on SEN, you talked about the yeah. significance of Carmel Court and what that did off yeah. the field and the culture and the camaraderie and you know your first yep. impressions when you went in there and you know the other players who looked after you, Johnny Wynn. Um, you know, yep. take yep. us back there. Take us back to that time coming down from the country, <laughs> coming to the Nord Football Club um, at the very beginning of your career.
0: Well, I think it's interesting because off, off a farm, so yeah, in those days we never came to Adelaide very often. We were very secluded from us. it. Was a six-hour trip because the freeway wasn't even built and it was a long way to come. So we, we virtually, you know, lived around that area. Sport was massive for us. And I think as a 15-year-old to get an opportunity to come to Adelaide and mum and dad came down and met Wally Miller, of course, and, and from that point on, they could see it was a very stable club and Wally promised the club would look after me. And it was daunting for me as a 15-year-old, a, a boy at 15 is really 10 or 12, a girl at 15, she's 20 nearly. Like they're, they're a bit smarter than us, the girls. <laughs> so <laughs> the boys are a bit wacko, like we just worry about now and don't worry about what's going to happen. So... Um, and coming into Adelaide and going to Carmel Court was just magnificent because there was Mrs. Carmen there, Phil Carman's mother, and she was from Eden Hope, and we knew the family a little bit. And Mum was extremely pleased that uh, she was there. And and uh, and sixteen boys, and and then that's where I met John Wynne, and he was the captain of the class there, and he controlled us. And um, it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful setup. It's just block of block an academy, living footy twenty four seven at Carmel Court. And we we just all got on well together and out of, out of that Carmel Court, Norwood were blessed with so many good players, you know, Neil Craig, Glenn Rosser, Ian Stavonowski. You know, the list goes on and on and of course Winnie just led us all and we all looked up to him and still do today. So through that period I was extremely comfortable living in Adelaide at Carmel Court and very appreciative of what Norwood had done, did for me at that early part of my life because being a country boy it was it was pretty hard to get away from home. You you, you know, being I was fairly shy, and uh, from that point of view, uh, it, it helped me uh, individually as well, not I even mean, from football point of view.
3: Just uh, reflect for us on some of those really early days, Kingo, so you talked about uh, growing up in the southeast, I think it's Reedy Creek, I think is uh, That's right. the, um, the That's little it. hamlet where you uh, you grew up. You said <laughs> you had six sisters, one of them coming from England just for the night, which is I- incredible. What was your childhood yes, like and, uh, and how did that, I guess, establish you as someone who was going to go on and play such a, a, an incredible role in, uh, in league footy?
0: Yeah, see, it's, it's unknown because I, I didn't take footy up, and I, did, I didn't play at an early early stage. My father's a farmer and a horse trainer, so and a very good, he was, a, he was like an he, he amateur jockey, and he was very skillful of that, and it, one day he rode seven horses and won six races. So he, wow. he's a bit, of a, legend wow. down, a bit of a legend down there through the horse, and I, as a kid, really used to go with him, you know, with the horse float and go there, and, and then I started picking up footy, and at that point I just fell in love with it. And then um, Rudy Creek had a junior team and um, I I couldn't get a game because I was only nine or ten, I think, and I I wasn't too happy not getting a game, but I wasn't ready for it. And then they folded, then I went to Kingston and started playing for their Colts um, about 11, I think. And by the age I was 13, um, I remember playing senior footy at at, at Kingston. So I remember going to Apsley one day and I played the, the juniors and then... The seniors were short, and the coach asked me to play as a 13-year-old, and I, mate, I was packing it like, um, and uh, I didn't go anywhere near packs. So I stayed out on the wing, and they kicked it out to me. But, but, I, but the, that was a big day because I went home, and it's about a two and a half hour trip home, and on the halfway back home, I got. Cramping both legs, and because I'd already played, you know, played two games of footy, and I got home very late. And Mum said, "Where are you been?" I said, "The well, world. I played in the juniors, and they picked me in the seniors." And she wasn't happy. I'll tell I tell you,
3: imagine.
0: she wasn't too happy at all. She wasn't happy with the footy club or me or anyone. So, and that's when I learned. I really, really learnt about, you know, the love of football and the whole thing. It was just, just one. And the girls played netball, so it was a good combination. And. You know, we used to get our bed at five in the morning to play juniors. You know, we had to go to Eden Hope, which is, you know, three or four hours away. Mm. So, and the country involvement, that kept the community together. And I've got very fond memories of, of all those days. And it was just magnificent time.
3: Uh, you said your dad was a horse trainer. Was that, you know, you're very young, but were you ever considering that that was going to be maybe a career for you, whether it was a, a jockey or a trainer?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I, I never grew until I was about 11, so I was a, a little spider riding the horses. So um, I had a lot to do with the race horses. Um, he'd only have six or seven in work. He was a very successful horse trainer and very smart. Um, he loved his horses, and my grandfather, he was an equestrian rider. So. Um, we grew up through horses and on the farm with sheep and cattle and chooks and ducks and cows and it was just just a, a beautiful spot to be. Mm.
3: Do, you, do you still have links back there? Do you, any family at all back still in uh, the south? Oh, East?
0: absolutely! Yeah, absolutely! Yes, yes. have got the people at Kingston. They live in Kingston, so um, from I still go home and that's it's just a great great spot. Road just down the road, which is mm. a great spot. So it's a it's good area to, to to as a young kid to grow up.
2: Beautiful. Mm. Now Kingo, um, I actually put it out there online to one of our supporters group i said uh, we're going to have you on red legs radio and i offered them yep. the opportunity to ask a few questions so i'm just going to ask you a few questions from the supporters who you know yep. to a T, every single supporter would be rapt about uh this induction for you and uh of course you're much yep. loved so we'll give them the opportunity to ask a question now roger ellis he wants to know how long uh was your top in the 1980 gf
0: my what? My, to- my tor- torpedo? Oh. Torpedo. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I know. It was about half back when I kicked it. I knew that. So it just kept going. So I, I, I've never, we've never measured it. So I, I reckon it'd be just under 90, I reckon.
3: You, you would have spoken to Malcolm Blight last night. I imagine yeah. you, it was just a little yeah. bit bigger than the one he kicked uh, at Princess Park against uh, Carlton.
0: Yeah, the biggest one I've seen is Jeff Farring at St Kilda. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, he was... A- yeah, he was in the centre of the ground, and I remember standing next to him. And he kicked it, and it, uh, it it went through the goals. <laughs> it was a massive kick, and and the, the, Noel Pettinger was for Norwood. He was the best kick I've ever seen. Like mate, he could he could do a talk from back pocket to. Ford pocket, like he was just, uh, I think he won the Advertiser, long kick about four or five years in a row, so he
3: was, he, was, he,
0: was a, he was a wonderful kick.
3: We're here yeah. to talk about you, Kingo, not yeah.
0: everyone
2: else. It's just you, mate. Now, uh, <laughs> Scotty Muller, he wants to know, um, while you were at Collingwood, there was quite a few Norwood players that made their way over.
0: Uh, did you have yeah. a little
2: bit to do with that?
0: Oh, just a fraction. <laughs> See, I think Lee and I spoke a bit about that. Yeah. A few Stuart players, too, so Tony Francis, Craig Kelly, yeah, and a few others, yeah. Paul Patterson, a few more. Yeah. So I just yeah. I said, Nord's got a great structure, mate. <laughs> There's a few, because what you do at your team, you look where where your holes are and where you can put people, and, and uh, that's uh, exactly what we did, yeah, for sure.
3: Hey, I want to ask you about, um, and I know you've got a couple more from the supporters to come. You coached for five years at West Adelaide, of course, had that preliminary yep. final. I think that was in... Nineteen ninety-eight. You played under some incredible coaches, OT, Baum, Cale, yes. Hammond. But maybe except yes. for Jeff Hammond, all of them were career coaches who stuck at it for a particularly long period of time. You did your five years. Did you ever think about maybe going on, maybe looking to move even another Sanford club, of course, like Norwood? Was that ever on your radar?
0: Well, funny story, and I can tell this now. I've kept it to myself. Um, Westies were after me for two or three years. And um, anyway, at the end, I thought, well, it's nearly time for me. And there's a few other clubs, and I won't say who, but but certainly Westies were the one. There's about three three others, I think. When you know when I was at the Crows, and I just left it and left it. And then they had a fair dip at me uh, when I left when I actually uh, left the Crows, and I went and did an interview with them and the committee and. And I verbally said, yes, I'll coach you. Well, bugger me, 24 hours later, Glenn Rosser rings me and said, mate, um, look, he said, uh, we're looking for a coach. Um, He said that uh, we're happy to talk to you. Um, And I said, look, Glenn, I said, I I can't. I I I I I just passionately love to do it. I just love to go back there and coach them. But I verbally told West Adelaide, I'm going there. And I'm, I'm, I stick to my word. I, I don't deviate one minute. And uh, that's how close I got to coaching Norwood.
2: Unbelievable. That means you would have coached me, Kingo. Butterfly exactly. moment. But what, a, what, a,
0: what a hard job. What a hard job that would, although you're a fullback, so you're fine. So when you go through the team... You don't worry about the back half. You worry about the front half. That's where you spend most of your time. Well, because
2: that's, that's true. Because when, us backmen back, just do the job. When, when the, you're you backmen,
0: they, 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 they just do a job. And you're a very good player. But they, the backmen just do their job. And that's why Tommy Hafe. I said, Tommy, what well, makes a good coach? He said, well, Michael, he said, Backman. He said, He said, never pick a forward as a coach. If you look back through history, yeah. and there is yeah. some forward coaches that been successful, but most of the coaches, Bob Hammond, Kevin Sheedy, Tommy Hayfee, Alistair Clarkson. So you go through them. Even the modern-day coaches, most of those guys played in the back half. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's quite interesting, isn't it?
2: Well, it doesn't surprise me being an old backman. We did have the brains. <laughs> now, uh, Kingo, really. I've just got a couple of quick last supporter questions for you. Yep. Uh, from Craig Fester, uh, good mate, uh, a good supporter of our footy club. Uh, he'd like to hear your opinion, just, just changing the tune a little bit on the mod- modern game uh, compared to the free-flowing game of the, the 70s and 80s that you played in.
0: Yeah, it's interesting he asked that question because the, the whole structure of footy's changed, hasn't it? Like when I first started playing, the drop kicker was just finished. Um, the drop punt was number one. You still could talk the ball. Uh, the centre square just came in. Two umpires came in. Uh, there's still only two boundary umpires. So you just look at that situation and then all of a sudden the structures of zones came in. Um, if you look at the ruck setups um, from, from, you know, all the different setups come in, there was more coaches come in. Um, there's up at some clubs, you know, until the pandemic come had you know, five or six, seven or eight coaches. Um, the structures are completely different um you know the zone went from a 12 zone to a 16 to an 18 zone now from kickouts uh if you notice footy modern footy these days they let you have the first kick uh, you can play on from the square it would be wonderful uh, Flamo kicking out from full back now where you you know we had that you know the, the square we couldn't go over it now yeah, we can no. go 20 meters over mate you'd be you'd be hitting the center half forward the spot best part you know, about fantastic.
2: that kingo is that, that means every kick out from full back becomes an actual
0: stat That's that every game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember the old days. Uh, the the, the fullback or whoever's kicking have a bad day. Uh, did a little dribble on their foot to get get, a stat. To get a stat. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. And the whole thing's changed dramatically. I, I think the modern day footy is great to watch. I think it this year is different again with the new rules they've brought in. I think there's more goals. They say first to hundred wins, which is about right. Most times it does. Uh, and you've got to be entertaining. Uh, there, for a while, it got down to six and seven goals a game. Now it's getting up to 15, mm. 16. We're always told to kick 15 or 16 goals a game, yeah. Yeah. have your 25, 30 scoring shots, and it, it, the, the supporters love it, you know, yeah. just, just love it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But the, but the players these days the full-time, um, you know, most, most of them are, you know, are, they're so bigger and stronger and great skills and fantastic runners. Yeah, uh, magnificent runners, great. you know. Oh. And their skills are incredible. You yeah, know? Yeah. And their, yeah, wa- yeah. their awareness, as you know, as a backman flemmer, you, you've got to be switched on all the time through a game. You oh, just you have would. to be. The way they
2: hit targets today would be tough down there. For yeah, it, it is. And under pressure,
0: pressure and, they, and the way they run. You know, yeah. the, 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 the area they run and you know, they're doing up to 15, 16, 17K a game, which yeah, is massive, isn't it?
2: Now, I've got last one from me, Kingo. Uh, very yeah. quickly, your top three on the field, your top three off the field.
0: Uh, Well, number one, on the field at Norwood?
2: Yeah, just whoever you've played yeah. with or, or, or worked with.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think uh, on the field's pretty easy. Um, Maka, Aishi, for sure. Uh, Maka's wonderful. Uh, Winnie's way up there with me, and there's... Heaps of other players. In the, off the field, uh, Macca, Macca, Macca. Uh He wins the whole three. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think um, Greg Turbill, he was very good off the field. Uh, who else? Uh, that, that's about it, I think. You know, we're, we're all good boys. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs>
3: I've just got to wrap this up by asking you one more question about the name you've just mentioned, Gary McIntosh. You've been through the entire process of being inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. You know it. You've seen it. You know where Mac is at, and he's politely declined that offer. What would you say to him now that you've been through it?
0: Oh, I just think it's a wonderful night, Mac, and your family and your friends and uh, the football public would like you to do it. I just, you know, from a point of view, you're ultimate to the game – You're a wonderful person, wonderful player, and I just think you deserve, if anyone deserves to be in there, he does. I'm telling you, he's just an absolute ripper. And uh, I just think your family would be so, so proud of you. And do it for your family, mate.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, Gary McIntosh, I think you speak for everyone. We would love to see him accept that invite into the Hall of Fame. But, Michael Taylor, you are a Hall of Famer. You also have richly deserved uh, that accolade. We're very, very proud of you. Congratulations. Thanks for your time on Redlegs Radio. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Dingo. Michael Taylor, well, pretty much every accolade you could add at the Norwood Football Club, he adds to it now, a member of the Australian Football Hall of Fame. We are extremely proud of him. We're off to a break. On the other side, we're going to wrap things up very quickly because we're almost out of time. Don't go away. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. It's a grand old
0: flag. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you.
3: On
1: SENSA, you're listening to Redlegs Radio for climate, air conditioning and solar. Proud sponsors of the Redlegs.
3: Yeah, big game, of course, uh, Sunday against Port Adelaide at Albert and Oval. Looking forward to the following home game. We take on Sturt on the Saturday, the 25th. So if you haven't already booked in for the home match last game. Or just made yourself organised to be there, make sure you book it in. Hey, some very sad news during the week. Ray Jarrett.
1: Yeah, the uh, the unfortunate passing of Ray Jarrett, who's been uh, an absolute steward of the Norwood Footy Club uh, when he joined since in the late 80s. And um, uh, yeah, him, him and his late wife, Colleen, have been you know the fabric of the Norwood Football Club. And... Uh, Ray did a lot a lot of various roles. He worked under Bob Smokey Dawson uh, under his tenure there at the club as a bit of a steward and club steward and, and did a lot of role, roles there. So, um, you know, our condolences go out to the Jarrett family. And, um, you know, if you're going to talk about true Norwood people, um, that's them uh, selfless and, and Norwood uh, through and
3: through. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot to do with Ray Jarrett over the course of my time at the Norwood Football Club. Just a, just a true... A bread and butter person of the football club. Just loved being there. Didn't cause anyone any dramas. He will be sadly missed. Vale, Ray Jarrett. Well, everyone, that wraps us up for Red Legs Radio for another week. Uh, get down to Albert and Noble, support the boys. A big game ahead and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Go the red and the blue.